All right. Let's see if it works. First go. Admit. Rip ticket. Say something to me, Daddy. Hi. There we go. Hey. So I was wondering what uh, had Cora all in a tizzy upstairs. So Yeah, that was us. I like it. Uh-huh. What, very, very sneakily. Uh, well, you can't be sneaky. Like when you have a dog yeah. know, that can hear everything. That can hear everything from like, you know, 40 mile radius. That's true. So uh, I figure... You know, it's not too early in the day for a for a beer. No, it's never too early. Ta-da. Not when it's a Sunday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you, you bet. The significance of choosing this beer yeah. uh, is basically nothing other than the fact that it was made in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh. oh. Not where the band is from. That's clever. <laughs> well, but, uh, it's the only thing I could find that was like Lincoln related. Well, I'm going to go a bit Points. further and say that there's a fairly dark element to a lot of these lyrics that we're about to talk That's about. Right, for dark so side. dark side makes perfect sense. What we're drinking, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to drink along and drink along, uh, I believe what you would need to do is pause this episode and run to your local. <laughs> Yep. IV, if you have it, I suppose, and get a dark side vanilla porter. Ooh. Do we need a? Do we need an opener here? You're gonna need an opener. All right. Okay. I should have included one. I'm sorry. <gasps> no, no, no. Oh. It's fine. I've got this little wine opener that looks like a person. Five point seven percent alcohol, so that's a sipper. Yeah. Brewed with vanilla beans and that. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to chug it. Oh. oh. I mean, you could. Or just do it. Or do it. Yeah. It's the weekend. <laughs> Who's going to stop you? Who's going to stop you? We're going we're gonna to get into some pretty uh-huh. heavy, some heavy music yes. here. Like heavy, uh, you know, as far as instrumentally as well as uh, emotionally. The so. message is like, oh, my You're God. not kidding about yeah, that. I've got, right. I've got some thoughts. And, you know, I was even thinking while I was listening to it, I don't know how deep we want to get <laughs> in these right? episodes because... You know, we've all experienced some stuff, and uh, obviously we know things about the the band and Chester and all that. We'll get into it, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I didn't... Each other. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know how far we'd get into it, but I guess we'll find out. So here we are, and I'm going to... Did you take a... Did you swig it? Uh, Let's swig it. Here we are. Cheers. Ting. Clank. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Thank you, Mr. Barnes. Yeah, of course. Oh, that is smooth. Oh, I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lincoln, Nebraska. Go to your Lincoln, your local Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) Um, The first thing it says on Wikipedia about Lincoln Park at the very top, it says not to be confused with Lincoln Park. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, like you're going to go. Thank you for clarifying. Um, I was on the wrong page. Let me go and look up this park. Like you're going to go to a picnic and be like, what's going on? <laughs> well, <Exactly. laughs> well, that's so the thing. The thing is, is that I thought <laughs> I love I thought, it. I basically thought once this band came out, like as long until we started researching this album. Yeah. I forever thought that they were from Lincoln Park, Chicago, the oh, Lincoln Park neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. And I suppose that's because I'm from the Midwest. You know, so yeah. I just assumed I knew of Lincoln Park, Chicago. I was like, ah, you know, it's a tough, gritty town and this music is really like heavy. And 
I, I don't know. I just associated that <laughs> right. for some reason. Yeah, but it's sense. not. I, They're named I, after a place in Santa Monica. Yeah, so. right. That he was that Chester would drive by. Right. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Like while they were practicing. Or yeah. Whatever. Right. So yeah, I guess we're here again. Yeah. This is this is our album monitor. There we go. We're gonna do it again. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, we got Mr. Barnes over here on the cam Hello. cam, and we've got uh me, Mr. Lance, and over here. Joe. Miss, hey, hey. Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe. Come on. Do you guys get those phone calls? Do they do that to you? Or is that just me with my name? Oh. Whenever I get a random, you know, there's always some sort of accent on the other end of the line. And like, Mr. Lance? All right. And be like, um, <laughs> I guess that's me. You need to counter it. Be like, like please call me doctor. A doctor Lance. <laughs> well, it's like the last name doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. Like, and it's not just one person. It's been happening for years. They say Mr. Lance. So I don't, I don't know what's happening on the Weird. other end of the phone. It's know. strange. Oh, they never call me Mr. They never call you Mr. Not. You never get no. Mr. Sam. I, apparently I've not earned the respect I don't know what people. it is. Like, why know. is my first name showing up as my last name? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Weird. Anyway, anyway, I don't know. Apologies once again. I did way too much singing this weekend, so my voice is a little, I don't know. Hambone. We, we were talking about this. We have no idea. Hambone, thank you. Um, we were talking about this. How does fucking Chester do it? You know? Yeah, he was how, just How could he do it? Beneath my skin. Just like, I can like mimic it, but I can't do it. You yeah. know? like <laughs> It's insane. Yeah. Um, when we try that shit, we last for two songs max, and then... <laughs> We're done. <laughs> uh anyway um joe this is your your thing so I, I why don't you kick everything um, off yeah this was a fun album to dive into and i felt like uh, most of the tracks were consistent with the message the power the voice the lyrics and it felt like to me it was like ringing out like a uh, an emotional sponge or an emotional rag of just like, God, get it out. And, uh, yeah. you know, it had some good beats and it reminded me of a few songs I really hadn't heard for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And this is actually one of those albums that my brother like listened to. Therefore mm-hmm. I kind of listened to it cause I'm the younger brother, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, I remember him trying to like rap the words and trying to like learn the fast, yeah. you know, the sun sits in the sky in the dark night. It just like, Oh, he's going to yeah. do the whole album for us. Right. I like it. So <laughs> I think it was a fun, it was a fun dive. It was a fun, uh, yeah, it was a fun dive. I found some good, uh, uh, interviews on YouTube with this band. And, uh, I yeah. think they did something with like right before Chester passed was, uh, I think they did something with James Corden. So I'll have to look that one up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Maybe we can toss that in later. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah. Cool. so I don't know. I just felt it was a fun album, and yeah. you guys seemed to enjoy it, and we were talking back and forth of just the talent and, like, what? <laughs> yeah, so, of course, we're talking about Hybrid Theory. Hybrid Theory. Uh, Lincoln Park, not to be confused with. <laughs> the Lincoln <laughs> Park. Um, so what was your, like, your earliest memories of of the album? Probably driving in the car with my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it came out what two thousand one. So this probably didn't two thousand or two thousand later two thousand. Yeah. So this didn't come out. This probably didn't come on our radar until like a few years later. Okay, so let's so, put this in perspective. Two thousand. You were how old? I was ten. You were so ten. So this probably came on this my. Is a radar. little deep for a ten year old. It is, but it probably didn't come on my radar until like two thousand three, four. So I would have yeah. been like fourteen, fifteen. Okay, okay. So around that time. So that's and then yeah, my brother would have been about seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So that makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, we would be driving around in his Saturn, and we'd have like the little tape cassette that goes into the into the yeah. CD player. 
Oh yes, yeah. you know, it. I miss it. I miss <laughs> oh, yeah. it so much. I loved, I loved my Toyota Corolla because it had a tape player in it. Yeah. And then I put in fuck of all tapes. I put in. It was an orange cassette. It was the the B fifty twos good stuff album. And I put it in there to play it, and it never came back oh, out. Oh, it's always the good one. <laughs> it ne- it never came back out. So not only did I have to rebuy the album, which. It's an okay album, you know, there's like two, uh, I don't know, really good ones on there maybe, but it was just, it was like, I can't use my fucking tape player anymore. But then fast forward five months and the car died and Ah. in the middle of the night and Joe had to come and rescue me. (laughs) Well, at least the the coldest night ever. That's right. Ridiculous. So yeah, go ahead. (laughs) At least, you know, your tape deck has good taste. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, I was was feeding it. It would spit out the bad tapes. (laughs) Exactly. Go Go, go ahead, Sam. Yeah. There's something about there's something about those albums though that that your your older sibling yeah. sort of like expose you to because yeah. that was the same experience that I had with like Janet with my sister yeah you know? just like what's when we this? did that album like that was one that she had and she was like you know you need to listen to this like, okay. so there's something about those that leaves kind of a lasting like a lasting yeah. impression you know I never I didn't get that I never had that the only thing that I ever had was like the stuff that my mom listen to because I was the I was the oldest like I remember my sister taking my shit so she probably has stories like that of stuff that she took from me you know that she's told me about in the past that she would listen to but I I never really had that I was like oh my mom listens to the monkeys so I'll listen to the monkeys my mom listens to the cars so I listen to the cars so that was that was it yeah it's been different I don't know like to be the older child and then to just deep dig into your own, you know, and I guess you'd have friends from school that yeah. might influence you too. And then you'd start digging around being like, Oh, this isn't my parents' music. This is my taste. Well, this is what yeah. I'm getting into. Well, for you know? me, it was, I don't know. This is a whole deeper conversation, <laughs> but for me, like I had to just figure it all out on my own. Yeah. And, and when it comes to albums like, like this, well, I, I guess we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But, um, Sam, what was your, first experience with the hybrid first, theory the, the first thing i ever heard on this was um was one step closer mm-hmm. yes um, and i just you know i think i probably heard it on like the radio or something yeah because uh, I, I i mean it was the first single on the album so i think yeah i think i was the first time i heard it and um it was kind of you know the whole the genre had changed obviously by that point. And I mean, maybe, you know, by 2000, it was probably about two years in of this kind of newer sound, which, uh, I guess, strangely enough was kind of dubbed new metal. That's yeah. right. And, um, I think like bands like corn and limp biscuit and even kid rock to a certain extent were actually mm-hmm. kind of perfecting this like genre rap rock yeah. it's kind of like rap rock, yeah i, I mean it, yeah. it had elements of like rap yeah. and like metal obviously and sort of alternative rock and a bit of spinning um, in there yeah. you know have yeah. It, have it, yeah yeah so yeah. it was it was just it was like a hybrid hey uh, that's a good theory of this kind of hybrid um, yeah of uh, yeah, of of uh, types of like you know heavier music, and so um, yeah, I heard one step closer, and I actually I was like, the guitar riff on this is so simple. I mean, we're gonna get into this song, but mm-hmm. the guitar riff on this is so simple, but it's like it was really catchy. Like I I uh, I kind of 
I really kind of dug into that uh, mm-hmm. at first. I kind of like that song. So my initial my initial reaction was, this is um this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like you know a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of spirit behind it. Well, that's actually a really good intro to the first track. And I know I haven't said my my first experiences with it, but we'll get to that eventually. Let's go into track number one, Paper Cut on Hybrid Theory. First of all, um, obviously, I was uh, just getting out of high school yeah. when this was uh, a thing. I just graduated, and um, uh, I, I enjoyed all the singles. I just never dove into the album. And so that, that's what made this interesting for me. And uh, first, thing, first things first, diving into it... Um, it screams the year 2000 it does. to me. Like <laughs> you know, I guess pun slightly intended. Like Limp Biscuit era. And it like, really it, and it, but it's like just past Limp Biscuit and getting you know a little bit edgier, a little bit harder, and yeah. But I dig the way it kicks off the album. Yeah, for sure. Um, even though for me, it's not one of the more memorable tracks. Maybe because of the lacking of the parts that you could really belt or sing along to yeah so that's kind of how i feel about okay. it how, how do you feel about it joe uh great kickoff uh 2000s definitely makes sense it seems like mm. you could basically i think you could take any song and paste it into a 2000s horror movie anywhere you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it would just be like this and it, yeah it's fitting it's so fitting yeah uh but i like it it's it's a good start what you were you what getting into what were you thinking sam yeah i I think it's a good. I think it's a good opening track, you know, and it, it kind of just immediately kicks off, and you're like, okay. So, I think it sets the tone. I mean, for know, sure. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a good. Uh, it's a good starter, and uh, I guess Chester said he had stated in interviews that this was his favorite song. Oh, nice. Album. Yeah. Um, I also know that this song appeared in. I don't know if you guys ever saw the the film uh, Jet Li's film The One, but yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I didn't know that. Dang, um, I think I watched it once. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Jet Li stuff. He kind yeah. of he came onto my radar, and this is so stupid. With um, Lethal Weapon Four, <laughs> yes, because he was in there, and I'm like, who's this Maybe motherfucker with Chris Rock? Be- and it was <laughs> like I I hated his character so much in that movie. Like he he played it perfectly. Like he was the, 
you know, I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the older Lethal Weapon movies, and I know that this is about Linkin Park and not this, but this just made me think of it. Um, he, I just hated him so much in that movie that it took me a bit to like to get motivated to watch his other movies, yeah. and then of course I did, and you realize how great he was at everything. Yeah. But God damn it, I hated him in that movie. I should dive into that because it was always Jackie Chan growing up. And yeah, like, Jackie oh. Chan's great. And there's Chow Young Fat, and there's mm-hmm. Jet Li. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Yeah. I uh, remember thinking it was weird that they had a movie titled The One two wow. years after The Matrix came out. Yeah, mm. like, wait a minute. Fair didn't point, already, sir. What didn't, they already, <laughs> didn't we already <gasps> establish who The One was? Right. <laughs> Nobody remembers that? No. Uh, two years ago? Can't no. All right. All right. Weird. Moving on. <laughs> uh, let's move on to track number two Here and we we'll go. talk some more. Step Closer is a song that I forgot about because I feel like it kind of got left in the shadow of the other big hits. Yeah. And uh, there was four big hits on this album. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and this is just one that doesn't really pull up in my Spotify playlists or anything like that. So when this one came on, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this. Last song. one past. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how does this one make you feel, Joe? I like the build of it. Starts out just kind of easy, and then bam! Like right now, we're just in the screamo mode. Yeah, man. Break, and then it kind of mellows out, and then builds back up again. And I need that in some of these songs. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into this a bit more later. There's times where oh, this is the most uh, positive. Part of the song. Yeah, shut up. I'm talking to you. <laughs> shut up, please. <laughs> I mean, I hope they did because he seems very adamant that they do. Uh, yeah. What was I saying? I forget. Uh, about like the bobs and weaves. Oh yeah, and, like, the, uh, because it like there's times in this album when it just gets to be a little too like overstimulating for me, and I think that that means that I'm old now. That could be it. Like, I, f- I feel, like, uh, right? Certain noises. I, I, like, yeah, I feel like maybe back in the day, that wouldn't have been, oh, we're burning through these songs. Break. They oh, finish yeah. so fast. One step closer, Sam. Yeah, so for some reason, when I was listening to this song, um, I, I started like, this is one I thought was really easy to sing along with. Mm. Like there's, there's a few parts in this song where it's like, it's just really easy to like get into the, the habit of singing along with the shut up when I'm talking to you part. Yeah. Like that's just really easy to start shouting along with. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, 
And then the other thing is, for some reason, uh, and I'm about to break, I kept singing that over and over again this week. But instead of singing it like they do on the album, I was like, and I'm going to break. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to break. Uh. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it's the reason, spaghetti. That's how I was hearing it in my head. So I just kept saying it. That oh, way. my God. I love it. Yeah. Pizza pie. Um, <laughs> but one one interesting thing that I, I, uh, I saw about this was that I guess the producer of the album kept having Chester and Mike like change the lyrics to the song as they were working on it. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't hear yeah. that. And so um, he, they would basically like hand him a sheet of lyrics and he would be like, he would just barely glance at it and be like, nah, nah, I don't like it. The fuck? And then be like, you know, go change it. And they would get so frustrated with him that every time they were like changing the lyrics, they were starting to kind of fuel their anger into the lyrics more and more mm-hmm. because they were frustrated with the producer. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that really like kind of, um, you know, bores itself out, I guess, with the line, all these words, they make no sense. They were just mm-hmm. getting really frustrated with the process. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't sure if their producer did that on purpose Ooh, just to get yeah. that performance out of them. But it really did it turn was... it into something else ah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, totally. A great, great guitar riff. And I think it's like, it's one of those riffs that's not hard technically to play. It's just kind of all about like the feel and it's just got mm-hmm. a good, a good vibe that way. No, it's a solid song. And yeah, I, yeah. and that's, that's why it is a, one of their hits, but I just felt bad that I kind of like, I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't heard it for 17 years. Yeah. It's nuts. It's and been it's a long just time. Kinda, I think that goes along with what Sam had said earlier. It's just like, there was some frustration with the whole album of mm-hmm. just producing it. This is their first album, so of course you got to get it off the, you know, you got to lift it up off the ground and see where it goes. And now uh, that you now that you say that, Sam, it really does feel a bit different from a lot of the other tracks that I feel like get a little bit deeper in emotion. And this one seems like it's more on the surface. Like, don't get me wrong. He's fucking angry. <laughs> but so so really hearing that it it kind of makes sense that that would be kind of what it evolved into to yeah. me. I like it. Uh we made a we made an observation that uh you know our first album monitor that we did was Minutes to Midnight with Foo Fighters and we were saying how interesting it was that the album was so short. Well, this is almost the exact same Playtime, yeah, it is as that. It's about forty minutes or yeah. thirty-eight. Just yeah, shy. It's, it's like just shy of thirty-eight. Yeah, You're right. Like what? Uh, anyway, we're moving on to track number three. This is with you.
spinning. Comes in right at the beginning and the hard guitar. Uh, I, the note that I made here right away is that, yes, this was way earlier, so I, I, know, I know which came first, the chicken or the egg, yeah. but um, it was this song where I realized Gym Class Heroes wouldn't have, ex- wouldn't have existed without these guys. They paved the way. Like, m- more than paved the way. Yeah. Like, when you listen to them, you're like, oh, oh, they're just doing that. <laughs> That's what it was. But I, I didn't have as much exposure to, is, is it Mike? Mike, the one that that's doing the rapping in these songs, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, I didn't really because I didn't dive into the album right. back then. I, you know, I, I just wasn't that well acquainted with it. Yeah. And as soon as I was listening to this one, it just kind of dawned on me. Oh, Duh. all right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and if uh, the gym class heroes, whoever they are, don't uh, list these guys as their inspiration, they're liars. Come on. So anyway, uh, with you, Sam. Uh, the Dust Brothers, who produced uh, Beastie Boys' album Paul's Boutique. Yeah. They they actually assisted with production on this song. Oh. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of an interesting and they helped provide some samples and stuff like that. So, yeah. so they were they were involved with uh, the production of this. And I guess this was a song that Chester had uh, written for his previous band. So, oh, and what was the name of his previous band? Uh, they were called Gray Days. Uh, uh, and Days is spelled D-A-Z-E. Of course. Oh, duh. Because of 1998. Right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so it could be on a notebook somewhere in someone's locker. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um. Yeah, Joe, go ahead. Uh, I like the double rapping going on. I like how they kind of take turns, kind of doing the songs. And uh, yeah, Chester in the background was great. <clears throat> Just like with you, it's like you could kind of you could kind of sing it. I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure I could be him, but it's doable for karaoke style. With you. So uh, I guess we didn't really talk about this at the beginning, but. I, I have a couple notes here, Sam. I bet you you could probably piggyback off of these with whatever you got. Uh, Lincoln Park was actually founded uh, by three of the guys, yeah. uh, Mike, Rob, and Brad. They went to, uh, what was it, Agora Agora Hills High in California. And then Chester, I guess, must have come around about a year before this album. Is that right? Uh, that's Yeah, I think that's what it was. And he was from Arizona. Yeah. He lived in Arizona. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, hybrid theory, fucking, I, I mean, this sums it all up, I suppose. Uh, the best selling debut album of the 21st century. So there you go. Kind of yeah, a big it's, deal. It's a little bit, a <laughs> yeah. little bit, yeah. which is crazy. And going back and watching. Uh, so on YouTube, you can see a bunch of stuff of them rehearsing together and getting ready for shows and. I mean, they're just fucking kids. Yeah. You know? I know. And yeah, they look like babies. I, my first video I was watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, real. so young. And not only, and once you get past the uh, the clothes, <laughs> <laughs> which are, I mean, they're you know, stars. you know, a lot of us uh, wore that stuff. So yep. it is what it is. And I wish I could describe it, but you just got to go to YouTube and check it out. Hybrid Theory as as of, um, I think, just a couple years ago. So, I mean, I'm sure it's it's changed a bit since then. Uh, had sold uh, 27 million copies worldwide. Damn. Which is crazy. Anyway, let's uh, let's just keep this moving along. Points of authority. 
Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame And put your name to shame, cover up your face You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, it just won't last That's where we get the taste of actual singing, mm-hmm. and then it dives. It's it's a good balance, you know. Yeah, and it kind of builds up with the regular singing, and then bam, it gets you. Yeah, uh, every time. I appreciate the singing in it. Um, however, I am going to say this might be one of my least favorite tracks mm-hmm. on the album because I think at this point. I've heard it, yeah. In in the previous ones, and this one didn't really set itself away from the others for me. And um, people uh, people are going to be mad at me <laughs> about it Why? since we're talking about it. But now we're getting to the point in the album, and, and I understand this is it's the nature of their of their band. It's the thing that they were doing. But I could have like at this point. I'm thinking to myself, I could have used a track without Mike. Yeah, I think in it. Yeah, just keep it. And there's there's another one um, coming up where uh, I I really don't think that he should have been in it. Be- I mean, because he's doing other things. Yeah, you know, and in in the band and and on the album as a whole. And I I really I genuinely and I even more so after diving into stuff on YouTube I really like the guy yeah but in in a bunch of these songs I feel like it was almost too much to have him in there as well that makes sense yeah uh, Sam what do you got man yeah I I that's an that's an interesting point and I and I agree with you I think um. I thought too that he he seemed like a really genuine like nice guy. He really and does. I, I enjoyed hearing him talk about about stuff um, regarding the band and everything. But yeah, I can definitely see that. Although I guess the counterpoint to that is I think one of the things that made them who they were, one of the things that made them so unique, was this interplay between mm-hmm. you know Mike and Chester, kind of having their two different their two different worlds of you know, uh, where they were coming from, Mike Moore, the rapper and and Chester Moore, like the, the vocalist. Yeah. Um, so I think that is really probably one of the elements, probably maybe the biggest element that made them who they were, made them sell, you know, whatever, 27 million albums. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of the 50, it's one of the 50 biggest selling albums of all time. (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. It is Like it sold more (laughs) than purple rain. It sold more than, Joshua Tree by U2, yeah. it's so, which is U2's biggest album. Yeah. Uh, I, and it's so I, more than Britney's Baby One More Time. Like, did, it's crazy. Did you see all the shit out there with them comparing these guys to U2? 
Oh no, there's I there's no. a lot there's Did a lot of it out like that. I mean, not a ton, but there was definitely more than one video slash article that I found where they were saying that Lincoln Park is the new U two or likening them. And I mean, this is back in the day, but yeah. uh, there was a lot of comparison of them to you two. Hello, hello. There you go. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, please go, vertigo. Oh and I'm gonna break. <laughs> and I'm gonna break. I forgot <laughs> how Italian Bono was. Yeah, right. Um, Joe, what do you got on this one, buddy? Uh, I really did like the... I don't know. I liked him having them both in there. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to be the odd one out shitting yeah, that's, on it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Which is, but, <laughs> but, that's, but that's legitimately what I was thinking. Like the, the first, second, third, and fourth time that I listened to this through yeah, and leading up to this. But there was I'm, some real singing in there for a minute. There was, but not as much was, as I would have liked. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And the and the one the one note that he, you know, purposefully like kind of goes flat on while he screams. It's like a flat scream. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Is it down or I forget the word that he's saying there, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just something about this one. This is gonna be, you know, if I was to, if I was to rate all the tracks like I do in my head, um, this one's gonna be one of the uh, the latter ones. Dig. It's it's not one of my favorites. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you too. It's not it's not one of my favorites either. <sighs> Thank you. I, I was the feeling the heat. And maybe that's just the porter that I'm drinking. Right. I'm not sure. Uh, feels good. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, do you have tracks over there? I don't. No, no, no. It's fine. That's fine. All right. We are moving on to. Well, I mean, everybody knows this song. It's crawling. Listen to the whole thing, yeah. If you, it's great. If you wanted to, um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I feel like everything about this track made it uh, destined or designed for commercial success. Yes, and I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I don't know. I didn't dive into it. I don't know who helped produce this one or anything like that. But um, it's just fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's a, such a badass song. It really is. Like, uh, it reminded me of, uh, I know, I don't know if it was this song. I want to say it was, 
But like back when Fred Hoiberg host, uh, he uh, hosted when he was the uh, head coach of basketball of Iowa State. Like I went to a game and then like they introduced the team and it was I think this song and then here comes Hoiberg uh, walking out with and he's like wow. crossing his arms like no big deal it's like this looks he was badass like, check one two check one two <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh he's gonna lay down some beats I go mayor go uh, <laughs> first of all. When life gets back to normal and Sam, you're back out to the bar, yeah. I'm going to make you be my Chester. You might have to shave your head. I apologize. Um, and, and, we'll do the, and we'll do this song. I know, right? <laughs> it's, I think it's just a good balance yeah. all over. You know, it starts off heavy. And well, well, it starts off slow right, right before that, like it, it, like it leads into it. It's a good amount of straight up singing. Yeah. And it builds up to the screaming and Mike's Mike's lyrics that he comes in with kind of helps build that up as well with what he's saying. And then the subject matter, I feel like it's something that a lot of us who went through a lot of shit like back in the day when this album came. And I mean, people can still relate to it now, but it's very you know, the whole album's angsty. I mean, I think a lot of people could just relate to it. And everything about it just screams hit. Yeah. And I think that this one's my number one. Yeah, this is totally solid. Yeah, it's a it's a well-crafted song, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just basically echoing what you guys have been saying as far as it being, you know, like a hit. Um, I guess, you know, this song really, and, and really all the hits on this album, the big the big hits, pretty much all deal with kind of the darker side of, um, being young and growing up, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, I guess the lyric that Chester wrote was pretty much dealing with side effects of taking methamphetamines mm. when he, when he was younger. So, um, checks out. Yeah. And so the crawling aspect of that obviously is, is kind of what, what sort of plays into that, which I thought was kind of interesting. I guess one thing I thought was really cool was that, um, Mike Shinoda in one of the interviews said that, the chorus lyric fear is how I fall actually came from their producer on the album because the uh, initial lyric was fear is powerful. Oh, uh, and he heard it. The producer heard it wrong and said, fear is how I fall. Oh, that's, that's really, ooh. that's really good. And they're like, that's not what we said, like, oh. but they said, we actually <laughs> like that better. So that's what we're going to put. In the song. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's I thought awesome. that was, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. As far as, this song in general which uh do you have it in front of you sam which which release was this which single oh uh this was the third single by my count i have one step closer in the end crawling and paper cut in order okay do you agree with that release sequence would you have done it differently had these been your songs i i think one step closer i i get why they released that first and and yeah, that kind of makes sense to me because I think it's a little harder. It's harder hitting. Okay. I, is it? Yeah. I mean, they're all so heavy, really and dense songs, yeah. but maybe that one is more like a rock song mm. and more like, you know, angry. And then mm-hmm. songs like In the End and Crawling, I think maybe have a little more emotional depth. Yeah. Does that, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you yeah, no, that, that makes that makes sense to me. And yeah, 
you know, now that we're like we've mentioned in the end, because that's coming up, I I don't know. I think for me, I maybe I bounce back and forth between in the end and crawling. Um, but they're they're very similar to yeah. to one another. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll I'll figure out if I change my mind on if that one's my favorite when mm-hmm. we get to it. Do you guys think that this album would be this successful if it hadn't existed then and it was released now? Or is it very much a product of the time? Like some albums seem timeless. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I was I was wondering about. I think it's the time. Yeah. Because we have such a different noise now that we're listening to. We really do. You We've know? talked about this. Yeah, we're how, not really listening to this kind of... Yeah. If you flip on the radio right now, uh, we're not really listening to a whole lot of like power. Really? You know? Yeah. So and I think it's a product of the time. And the fact that this sound got so big. Yeah. You couldn't be a radio station and not play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, even, yeah, I know that a lot of people aren't around here, but even certain tracks, Star had to play. Yeah. Because people Top were just demanding it. And, it and they weren't even supposed to be playing stuff that was that hard. And it was, it was almost like how some country songs, they've just kind of turned into, okay, well, it's undeniable. This is such a big hit that we have to play it yeah. on this station. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You're kind of country pops. You're not really country, but you're kind of getting into that pop zone. Yeah. Where you're like a Carrie Underwood or something. If, where you, it's kinda... if you go on to Wikipedia and you look up Linkin Park, it's it lists all of the different um, types of music that they've been categorized <laughs> really there's like 10 of them oh wow (laughs) including the new metal and you metal i don't know why that is but but uh yeah new metal and even though they they fought that title like the whole time they they didn't want to be classified as that but you know because they're doing their own thing anyway uh moving along to runaway enjoy this song i like it but i was kind of hoping that it would have just been an instrumental song i was i was really liking the way that it was sounding without lyrics yeah really i was like oh this could be kind of techno but then i feel bad about saying that because i really liked chester's voice right while he was singing in it so i'm like ah no it couldn't have been instrumental but it reminded me it was kind of like um who are those uh those guys the um was it the Chemical Brothers that they kind of had a sound 
similar uh, yeah, maybe. to that. Maybe, yeah. and, and unless I'm getting names mixed up, but it just, it sound like the beginning sounded so cool. Yeah. And I was almost like, I could ride this out for three and a half minutes. Yeah. Let's do I, it. I felt the like, same bring, way. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. yeah I, I, I totally felt the same way. I was like, oh yeah, this is like totally a good groove we're getting into here. And um, yeah, I could have just kind of let that go. But then they were just, and then the onslaught of, of guitars and, and everything just came in, of course. Mm-hmm. But um and that was okay. This is actually one of those songs that I that wasn't really a hit, but I realized I'd heard before. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. um, it was uh, yeah, one that I I realized at some point when the album was playing, or I, I mean, I don't think it played on the radio unless it was maybe like they were playing some more obscure stuff. But mm-hmm. this is one that I seem to remember. Yeah, kind of there with you, where it's just you could have just grooved with it. Uh, and then here comes the voices and everything like, oh, and now we're back to pretty much every other song on the album. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, they're staying consistent. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I believe it was last year. It was the the yeah, it would have been the, the 20th anniversary right, yeah. of it. So I, I saw that there was like a re-release of the if, album. Yeah, you got to be careful on Spotify to have that option. Yeah. Like, I didn't, up the album. I yeah. didn't realize that my December was from the deluxe of this album. Okay. Did you did you know that? Uh, I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, there was a few of them on. I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't. But I, unless I'm getting this wrong, and in which case I'll edit all this shit out. But I, <laughs> I believe that my December plus like a couple other songs that ended up getting some airplay on the radio just because of who they were and how big the the album was but but I I knew that song I remember hearing it on the radio and I just had no idea that it was from a deluxe of this album right but it, it's a it's a really solid song and actually I mean we're um I, I mean just because it's something that we can do I mean we might as well play it see if you guys remember this bells no Anything? i don't think i've heard this before yeah. oh man yeah but maybe you'll get it at the chorus know it you're gonna know it now I have no idea how I knew this song I did but I totally know it <laughs> funny but 
But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I must have just caught it on the radio or something. And, and when I was going back through and looking shit up, I had... I had no idea it was on this album. Like, oh, here it is. <laughs> so, yeah. was this a song that they recorded around that time and they just didn't put it on the album? I guess so. I, I yeah. guess I don't know the the details behind it, but it's like, I you mean, know, like a, som- a somber, chill yeah. vibe to it. I mean, can you imagine them putting, I mean, I just after listening to the album several times this week, it's so can different. Can you imagine this song being on the album? Right? I know. It would have been such a departure from everything else. Like, hey guys, we need a ballad. So different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have been a good way to chop it up, you yeah. know, to, to, to mix it up a little bit. But, yeah. Um, and probably would have been a good addition to the album, but actually it probably would have been on the radio, like, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Probably would have been a big hit. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. This is my This is my time of the I fucking dig that song. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the actual album. Yeah, man. Maybe they didn't throw it in because they were like, we don't want to piss off Counting Crows. Uh, <laughs> they had a long December. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Whoopsie. We don't want them to think we're copying them. Right? Um, they're like, oh, this is really bad timing, guys. <laughs> 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 um we're gonna shelve it for 20 years honestly yeah. where were we uh we're going Number on to seven by myself yeah what do i do to ignore them behind me do i follow my instincts blindly do i hide my pride from these bad dreams and give in to sad thoughts that are maddening do i sit here and try to stand it I don't know how to describe how loud this music is in our headphones. Yeah. <laughs> but now's now's the time where we talk, so I'll turn that down. Because I'm damn near 40, motherfuckers. Wow. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, what do you think about By Myself? The guitar riff, the intro really and the guitar riff of the song sounds really industrial to me. It just sounds like it's machinery operating, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got this kind of like, you know, like gear... Like, I don't know. It just sounds like loud machinery is yeah. like operating, and that is the music for the song. It really so is. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. The other thing is when it gets to the chorus, I think it gets interesting. Uh, Chester's doing this thing where he's like, but in my mind, I find it's all this these words that kind of sound really like mm-hmm. phonetically similar. Yeah. And I just feel like that's a really like fun kind of thing to sing along with. Like that mm-hmm. was one of those lyrics that stuck in my head all week that I just kept finding myself like singing in my head. You nice. know, I don't know. Whenever I hear that though, I'm like getting jiggy with it. But in my mind, fun. I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I, those were sinking up in my brain. <laughs> oh my so god! I, I just have too many songs, I guess, bouncing around. I love For it. For some reason, I felt like I could hear that in that song. That's hilarious. What do you think, buddy? Uh, this is like the heaviest song on the album. I feel yeah. just like hard. Yeah. Whoosh. 
uh, definitely a different sound than all the rest, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I it wasn't really my top five. Like, oh, right. It's it's certainly not mine. However, I appreciate that they did something a little di- like it sounded. Don't get me wrong. Like what I was saying, the the album's pretty hard to begin with. Right. But at least this added some more depth to it. Right. And even even if you take it a little bit harder, and it, it really does, I like your analogy of it being almost kind of like machinery. And because it's it's and I mean music's gonna be that way no matter what, but it's repetitive in a way that it does sound like a machine creating these sounds. And uh, I dig that. But yeah, it's certainly not one of my tops. Right. But, you know. A little different. Can't all be winners, Joe. Nope. What are you going to do? Of flight. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, now, if anybody has listened to a radio station in the last 20 years, you might have heard a song that goes a little something like this. like their most famous song yeah <laughs> like you know absolutely and it's i love it it starts classical when you got the bing 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 where anyone on a piano can figure out those notes and ding and it, uh, it starts very similar to crawling yeah it does in that respect yeah and yeah. then it's fun that they take turns and you can kind of you know chester's a little bit more mute and he just kind of you know and then i, it, I like the amount of actual singing yeah. he does in this and then it throws over to chester and then he's done it comes right back and then does some yeah. more lyrics and uh, it's fun. It's a good, good track. Yeah, man. I guess when the band had heard the completed version of this song, pretty much all the band was like, "This is exactly the kind of song we wanted to make." And Chester Bennington was more like, he wasn't a fan of the song at first. Oh, no. Yeah, and he said he didn't even want it on the album, let alone as like a single. I know it's not weird. Yeah, Uh, I mean, what we know now, like hindsight, I guess. Uh, He said when it ended up being a hit, he realized that choosing singles was not something he was good at. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Whoops, that's great. But it would be so weird if you're hearing your own music. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that would be so hard. You're so critical of yourself. You're like, ah, fuck it. No, you need to have somebody else. They need to have their opinion on what they think sounds good, as yeah. long as they know shit about music. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. 
especially if you're critical of your, and I mean, we, uh, you know, we know things about Chester and, and how he thought of things and, and the stuff that was going on yes. in his head. So it's not unreasonable to think that he would be critical of his own voice in songs. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, is this one my favorite? Sure. I don't know, because I it's, really like crawling as well. It's very commercial, too. You know? It really is. You know? Absolutely. However, crawling, it's like it could be inserted into, you know, like what we were talking about, any horror movie ever. Yeah. But the way in which each of these two tracks, crawling and in the end, were produced and pieced together, they're very similar. Yeah. Although, the you know, obviously the lyrics and the, the context is, is different. But overall... They're so similar, and I think that's why they're both so successful. Right. Then again, you can't have an album full of all of the same shit, but I think maybe just because there's a couple of them that that hit hard like this, yeah, that's why it made it successful. I don't know. Magic. I don't know. Am I full of shit? No. No. This was another really like well-done song, and so many cool like vocal dynamics in this song. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was just... It's just well done. I mean, it deserved everything that it got. So yeah, now would be, I guess, a good time to ask this question. And I'm going to pose this question about this song in particular because of how successful it was. But then also later on, I want to know the answer to this question about the album in general. What exactly was it that made it a hit? Some of the things that I wrote down here. Mm were um and each of them has a question mark after it because i don't know if that's if that is what it is was it the the edge of it the sound of it was it the the mixture of the two voices or was it the passion behind the words like the 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 feeling of the real life experience or vocalizing the emotion in the song what do you think about that Yes. All, all, all of, of the above. Well, yes. <laughs> and so. Because, I mean, when you hear songs like in the end, I, I thought of this earlier, so I don't know the best way to say it, but I feel like you can tell a difference between a successful song that was just written to be a successful song versus something that actually has feeling behind it. And these guys... We're good at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coming up with something that actually meant something to, I mean, first of all, you can tell in the interviews and watching the old footage of them rehearsing and, and just being together that how passionate they were about making all of this work, even though they were kind of pieced together. Eventually it's not like they all started at the same high school or anything. Right. But I mean, some of them did, but you kind of feel the raw emotion in his voice and that's another thing that's so interesting to me is that Chester wasn't really putting that out there in the beginning. And to no. find out that you can just yell in a melodic tone and that your voice can s- sustain that. Yeah. It's crazy. So I think it's probably they hit on a new sound. And I think passion is a huge thing because they just, you know, they weren't bending over backwards for the producers. They were mm-hmm. doing what they wanted to do. They weren't listening to like, oh, there is plenty of interviews where I I heard about the shit that they had to deal with. And actually, I do have I mean, 
I suppose we can do it now. I've got a I've got a clip from a YouTube video that Joe found for us, and let's just play it. Before we'd started working together, Chester never really screamed on a song. You weren't, he sang. He didn't like do what he ended up doing on Hybrid Theory. We discovered that together, you know? I came in being used, used to being the only singer, coming in and being one of two vocalists that are coming from completely different areas, but also having to like figure out how to sing within the songs to make the songs the best. And then it we was, got in the studio the and studio. like the people were like, that we were working with were saying, you know, we want, to, we want you to change this and change that. This guy has this gimmick where he wears a red hat and you guys need a gimmick. For us, we were just like, come on, man. Like what we're doing, there's a very specific lane that we're trying to go down. Like we're, we have a very specific idea for what this is. And it incorporates these different genres of music. I grew up in hip hop. I, I know hip hop like the back of my hand. It is what I like live and die by. And I want to put this very specific like type of hip hop in the music. And I know these people don't get it, but, but somebody out there is gonna hear this and get it. That it's really, you know, this, the choices that we're making are what makes this album what yeah. it is. The fact that Hybrid Theory, one that we got signed, we even made the record, that we even got it out. Like, we had to fight for that thing, man. Like it was like, it got ugly at some <laughs> points. And it was just like, this is what this is gonna be like? <laughs> Fuck this, man. <laughs> It was like, at one point, I think we were all just kind of like, I hope they fucking drop us. But then we can just continue to be ourselves and not have these idiots fucking telling us to kick a shoe off and have- That was one of the gimmicks that they suggested. Like just every every show, like you could kick shoes off kick and that'd be your off, thing. Bro, that's like your thing. Or like, we could put Joe in a fucking chemistry set with beakers and it was like, who the He could fuck? be the, the I'm just like, I'm, the I'm sitting there looking at these people going, <laughs> when are you going to shut the fuck up and leave? Like, are you seriously, like, what do you do? Where did you come from? And why do you think you can come into our band and tell us what we're making? We make the record. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Just kick off your shoes, bro. Like, yeah. Right. You're going to come to a concert, <laughs> kick your shoes out into the crowd and have a million shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out in some beakers. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. No, those aren't going to fall over at all. Uh, let's move on to the next song, which, what is the next song? A place for my head? Is that where we are? Sure. Yep. Watch how the moon sits in the sky on a dark night Shining with the light from the sun The sun doesn't give light to the moon Assuming the moon's gonna bow with one It makes me think of how you act for me You do favors there rapidly You just turn around and start asking me About things that you want back from me I'm sick of the tension, sick of the hunger Sick of you acting like I owe you this Find another place to feed your greed While I find a place to rest I wanna be in another place I hate when you say you don't Uh, I feel like maybe a unpopular opinion, but this could have been track number one. I think that this one could have been a solid intro to the album as well. Not, not that the not that the first track wasn't worthy of that spot. 
but this, I believe, could have been a contender. Yeah. Could have been a contender. Uh, <laughs> what do you yeah, think, Sam? Like, yeah. I think it's a good, it's got, you know, that energy and it hits kind of hard. It's kind of interesting, though, because it has a such an interesting, like, intro, acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, 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 like It's like Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah like a Western, yeah, right. Like it really a Western, kind of like a, like I'm watching a Western movie or something, a little it's, Western, like, yeah, flair to That it. guitar part at the beginning. I believe was originally intended for a banjo (laughs) because that's what it sounds like. But, uh, you know, they're too hard for that shit. It's fine. It's fine. What do you think, Joe? Uh, Yeah, the intro is like it kind of catches you off guard. You're like, oh, where are they going? And then, okay, the moon and the sun. Okay. And then, the okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they just heavy. They hit you heavy with it. And then they go into it. Uh, Yeah. No, I, I dig that one. But much like the very first track, I'm going to say that it's not one of those that sticks with me yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just me. And uh, I'm the worst. So uh, let's move on to, we're just moving right along here now after an hour and a half of just talking. Uh, forgotten. From the top to the bottom. bottom, the top bottom. At the core, I forgot. In the middle of my thoughts. Take it far from my safety. The picture's there. Don't let me want to escape me. Well, why should I care? From the top. Now, I know a few people that have seen Linkin Park in concert uh, back in the day. And shout out to Alicia, a friend of mine from high school. I was actually going to try to get her on here, but she ended up being busy. But I I know, the worst. But um, I feel like this track in particular would have been a fucking banger in concert it would am i right this is like it reminds me of like this is the one song of the album that like i want to go in a mosh pit right and it makes it it sounds very very and i don't even like mosh pitting joe but i'll do it right i know (laughs) everyone else is doing it but uh it reminds me of uh of like it I know new metal it has a sound to it. I get it. Yeah. This particular track really sounds like it could have been a Limp Biscuit song. Oh yeah. Like a little bit. And but I, I liked is, it. And that is doing a great disservice to Lincoln Park. Right? <laughs> yeah. I like Limp Biscuit. I had fucking Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Yeah. Where's he guy? I don't know. I did hear in an interview, nobody cares about this, but he apparently has his old hat that he wore like for everything yeah. in a in a glass case. Oh boy. Somewhere. And then uh, And he was like, Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna go near that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a scent proof case. And then the so. twenty sixteen oh, elections happened, he's like, nah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You don't wanna be wearing a red hat. Uh, <laughs> Even if it doesn't different. have letters, it's a trigger. Yeah. <laughs> A little different. What do you think, Sam? I, I I liked this song actually. I thought it was it was like high energy, yes. and I think yeah, I think after a few songs, I was just kind of ready for that song that got me mm-hmm. like you know kind of like bouncing to the music. Yeah. The funny thing is the lyric. Well, first of all, you mentioned Limp Biscuit, and I thought it kind of sounded like "Move in, now move down, hands up and hands down." Mm-hmm. However, that song goes by Limp Biscuit, yeah. right? Yeah. It's got yeah. that similar. It's like telling you what to do, like when you're dancing. Yeah. 
uh, it's like from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. Like CNC Music <laughs> yeah. Factory has a lyric that, that's that right. says that. Too. That's right. Put your left hand in, take your left hand out. Well, yeah, I, I, I know I when I get... When, I love it when they tell me what dance moves yeah. I should do. Slide to the left. <laughs> I'm not a good dancer, so oh, okay. make it simple for me. Well, we're just... Uh, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. We need instructions. Three hops is yes, time. exactly. <laughs> well, when I start Joe's cassette collection, I yeah. know to start with Fred Durst. Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> no, no, no! This one, I, I just in my in my mind, I could just picture the concert, and I feel yeah. like if I was to go online and find like a recording of it, it would be exactly how I was picturing yeah. it. And the the back and forth between the two of them, it was great. I know that I I said things that were probably unpopular about Mike, but in this song, their back and forth is it's all happening so fast, like. It's happening before you even know that it's happening. And that's what I love about this yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, it, it kicks It kicks in really hard. And uh, yeah, I like that. I like that element about it. It's yeah, cool. as opposed to a lot of the other songs and even the super successful ones that build up to yeah. something. And yeah. this one, it's just like, well, guess what's fucking happening now? Right, and it's great to have this after like crawling and in the end on the album because exactly. it's kind of like, hey, you know, we can like kind of have fun. I don't know, it just, even though it's called Forgotten and I don't really know what the lyric's about, it's probably something a little heavy and yeah, because most of the album is, but I feel like it's kind of like up-tempo and like high energy. I, no. I think it's a good part of the album. I love it. Uh, let's move on to the next track, Cure for the Itch. Folks, we have a very special guest for you tonight. I'd like to introduce... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Beastie Boys track. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what do you think, Joe? <laughs> like, I like that. Okay, it's kind of techno-y. It's cool. Yeah, you know. But it's like I got the impression that they just needed to fill a track before they maybe print or whatever right. they did. I, I I feel like this. This one is one of those that it it feels like it's not only of the time, but it's them just, I mean, they're still, in the grand scheme of things, still just kids. Yeah, and they're messing and around. This, yeah, this, this is them just having fun with the stuff that they got. And it screams Beastie Boys to me. Now, I did read, and I'm not sure which album it was, but I know that they fucked around with Rick Rubin. A little bit. Did you read something about that? He produced a couple of their albums. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if he had anything to do with this one or if this is just some of that coming through, like his inspiration on them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It sounds very trip hop to me. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like just, yeah, it but, was just kind of a different, like they just kind of wanted to go with a little bit of a different flavor, which I thought was good and which I thought why a song like My December would fit in 
because it would give it a little more diversity, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I thought this was... I thought this was great. Like, no, um, I don't get me wrong. I fucking yeah. love it. But you also know that I love the Beastie Boys. So, yeah, yeah, and and that's why. But it sounds like, and I I don't know if I can exactly pinpoint it. If it would be after Paul's boutique, but so maybe like something off of Check Your Head or yeah. Ill Communication. Yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah, yeah, it sounds so much like that. And yeah. um, mad props for that because I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. Nor, nor yeah, did was, Joe. I can tell no, you that much. Like, <laughs> Joe was like, what am I listening yeah, to? Yeah. He's totally out of the blue. <laughs> like, okay, I guess this is the ride we're going on. It's like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, so you guys are just fucking around now. All right, all right. We'll listen to this for three minutes. That's fine. Uh, we're moving on to the last track. This is... Pushing Me Away. think joe i think it's a great closer to the album yeah like i i do dig the way it feels yeah. at the end and then for they sure. have like they follow the same pattern where it's real delicate and then <laughs> right in your face you know <laughs> <laughs> and then they get delicate again like, yeah man. i like it yeah yeah what do you think sam they i think they made this because they were they wanted to do another kind of more melodic song mm-hmm. and i actually think I'm kind of surprised maybe they didn't try to do this as a single because I think it really is kind of in the same vein as I don't think it's as good or up to the level of some of the other singles on the album, but I think that it's written like it could be a single. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it sounds like something that could be on the radio. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I guess um, I, the one thing about it, though, I, I do feel like it was almost a little forced. Part of the lyric when he says, now I see you're testing me, I feel like that line is a little bit rushed. It almost okay. sounds like they're trying to fit those words into a place where it maybe doesn't quite fit. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. That was just kind right. of one thing I just sort of noticed when I was listening to that. It was like they were trying to, you know, they wanted to really force that particular that particular lyric in there. Maybe that was and another note. Was, yeah. <laughs>
the only other thing I read about this, I'm a Depeche Mode fan. Yeah. And I I guess that Mike and one of the other members of the band, um, Brad, are big Depeche Mode fans. And they envision this tune as a uh, Depeche Mode rock song. Yeah. Um, I can hear that. I don't. You don't? <laughs> no, I, I, can, I can hear it. In the, I mean, well, for me, I'm hearing their voices. But as far yeah. as the music and the, I don't even know what instrument it would be that I'm, because I, I don't know words, but I can hear that in the, in the song. I mean, oh, interesting. So in some of the influences and such that I saw online, I did read something about Depeche Mode, but I didn't know who it was that said that. But yeah. for me, um, here, let's, let's go back and, um, Let's go back and fuck around with this track a second. So what I'm hearing is the, the sounds in the background behind the guitar and the drum. So yeah, th- those sounds back there, that's where I'm hearing the Depeche Mode coming through. But everything else about it screams Linkin Park to yeah. me. Beca- and the thing is, is that maybe had they dialed that up a little bit, then that could... I don't know. Maybe they they were just outvoted. Yeah, <laughs> They're maybe. like, all right, you can put that in there. I don't know. Is it just a keyboard? That's it in, might be. Is, yeah, is that sure what it is? A, like a synthesizer or something? Yeah. Like, so so that's what I'm. That's most likely what I'm hearing. But yeah. Um. What's your favorite Depeche Mode song? Um. I really like Policy of Truth. Ooh. Uh. That is probably. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I need to, I need to dive into their albums more. Mm, well, maybe that could be done. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna propose this question one more time. Uh, this album, yeah, sold. Forget the exact number. Shit ton of copies everywhere, and is still a huge deal. The greatest selling. Thing ever in the history of ever um what made it a hit joe um i think that it may, what uh the passion of it uh you you kind of see that this goes on with uh uh even like stand-up comics where their first album's fucking great because they had time to work on it mm-hmm. and then you'll find like their second album kind of lacks because they had less time to work on it i don't know if that's the case but yeah you kind of you have the passion of getting your stuff out there, getting it noticed, getting it recognized. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the passion and, and uh, definitely the uh, lyrics. Well, and then talk about the, the passion behind Chester's stuff, because he said that this is a lot of this is based on his life experience. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's mostly like high school or, or what, but uh, you know, just the stuff that he was dealing with and, I I can only speak for myself, but if but if you're gonna end up with anxiety, depression, uh, all of these things that can figure into the way that you perceive things, think about things, and um, relate to people, uh, I would imagine that that brings like for me, I'm just gonna sound dumb saying this, but it, it brings like a depth to things that you think about and the way that you can analyze stuff. And I relate to that in 
learning more about him and listening to these lyrics through, what's the best way to say this? Through a lens in which I have lived 20 more years to my life after being the age I was that I heard this. Right. You know what I mean? And being able to to kind of reflect on that and understand the things that I was thinking and why I felt the ways that I did in scenarios in which other people around me did not experience the same thing. Sure. Hindsight. So, I don't know if any of that made sense. Yeah. But in my yeah, it did. This is hindsight. Okay. Yeah. You know, we kind of talked about it before. I think musically it was just hitting on what was happening at the time, you know, as far as like the instrumentation and, and where that was, um, you're, you're mixing metal and hip hop. And I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody did it really, or has at this point ever done it better than they have uh, yeah. definitely not more successfully, you know, nobody's ever done this yeah. uh, particular genre as well as them. The other thing is lyrically, if you if you listen to what this is, I think it's really easy to see why people would be able to relate. Yeah, to what's being talked about. I think so many people from so many different standpoints, and it doesn't have to be coming from, you know, maybe it's the drug abuse and and, and things like that, or some of the other things maybe that was going on in Chester's life. It doesn't have to be coming from there. I think there's a lot of stuff lyrically that people can just relate to. I think it's just really like relatable lyrics. Like we've all probably felt certain ways that we've heard in songs like um, in the end and crawling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's even if, yeah, even if our experience isn't exactly the same as his, the the lyrics are there. They're uh, I don't, what's the best way to say that, that they're relatable in so many different facets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, you know, you, you have that combination, I think, you know, timely sort of music that fits in with the time that you're in. And then, like we said, the relatable lyrics, that's just, yeah, that's that's it, icing to the cake. I really wonder yeah. how many people listen to this album and really got into this album that just dug it for the music, dug it for the sound, like that they could scream along with it. And it was just, you know, something that they loved based on that alone versus the amount of people that were just dealing with their own shit and then feeling like, Oh, this is somebody that I can actually relate to. You know, when you, when you kind of fall in love with a band and you dive into what they're all about and what the singer's all about, you pay attention to interviews so you can kind of get a little insight into their uh, psyche and all of that. Uh, So I, I wonder you know, nobody w- would have the answer to this. It was just a question that I had that I, I wonder what percentage wise, how that how that breaks down, how many people dive into something. You know, there's there's artists that you listen to and songs that you love because they mean something to you so much so that you like feel it within you, whether it be a love song, whether it be just anger, all of these things. And it seems like within this band within Lincoln park, it's thick. Like, like there's, there's so much there and that these songs, most of them, not so much, not so much. What was the one we were listening to? There was uh, the last one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, not so much, not so much that one, but, um, 
that, you know, you just kind of listen to it and you can like feel it within you. But I don't know. I'm maybe I'm an odd one out uh, as as far as that's concerned, because I like I can listen to certain songs and some of the songs that I would tell you by certain artists, you'd be like, really? <laughs> like, really? The song like kind of gets you right there, does it? And it really does. Yeah. And um, I think that that's what kind of makes the connection for for this band with a lot of people. But I just, I, I wonder how many that is. I know that that's, I, I just spend a long time trying that's to good. say something that good could have been summed up in a sentence. But. That's good. But it would, it would be interesting to know, like, why somebody was drawn to like a specific, you know, why they why they were interested in yeah. something specifically. I, I mean, an album that penetrates the way this one did. Yeah, you, know, you sell this many albums. It's like, obviously, you're, you're people are coming to you for yeah. Maybe it's just they like the aggressive music and they like the powerful, you know, heavy sound of it. Yeah, and then other people maybe it's just the lyrical content. And some people are like. I like all of it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, From now on, Sam, you're going to be my deep thought translator. Yes. Thank you. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I, yeah, I guess. Sorry, I'm just if I'm repeating things that you. No, no, saying, no. Sorry, you, but... but you said it better than me. That's what I'm well, saying. You're not repeating it. it but, I'm, but I'm I, in it here in my head trying to figure out how to say it. But like, if you, it would be so great. Like, I don't know. Like back in the day when they had record stores, I think it'd be so great if you could just like when somebody walked out, there was somebody standing at the door, like. So let's do a quick survey. Tell me why you bought this album. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I just think that would be that kind of stuff interests me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was digging it. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. This was, was pretty, a good one. Pretty rad yeah, album. Good call, yeah. Joe. Uh, this one might be one of those that I toss into uh, rotation yeah. every now and then to go. listen listen back again. Not yeah. that our other ones wouldn't be. Because I still listen to those. Well, my Spotify uh, playlist is changing because of all the albums we're listening to. <laughs> like, all Joe, right. did, Joe did say it's kind of messing up his uh, regular my, my daily, daily flow. My daily mix is like R.E.M., Jane and Jack. Get some variety in there. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to say you're welcome yeah. for that. Well, I guess that's that. There we we're go. done. So we'll cool. see you next time. Oh, wait. What? But wait, there's more. But wait. There's more. Call in the next five minutes, you will have a double album. <laughs> no. Wait a second. <laughs> oh. You'll you'll not just get one, but two. two. Um. All right. So here's the thing. When I woke up today, I had no idea what to pick. Mostly because I don't want to be judged <laughs> too hard on the music I listen to. So I went back. I went back and forth. On a couple different, uh, a couple different options, I, I had it narrowed down to three. And over the course of this last hour and a half, two hours, I don't know how long this has been, but I, I made up my mind because they were actually brought up in conversation. So for this next time, Joe, what's up, Sam? Uh oh. I'm going to need you to dive into Ill Communication okay. by Woo! the Beastie Boys. There you go. I love that album. All right. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. That's going to be good. With that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, buddy. I had a backup album for you. Did you? Yeah. What was it? Can you tell me? Uh, well, I don't know about album, but a new artist. Yeah? Avril Lavigne. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I know a lot about Avril Lavigne. I really do. Right? I'm like, wait a minute. I, you know, there's there's times at karaoke where somebody goes up and sings Skater Boy and uh, Complicated or whatever. 
And while they are getting clapped off the stage, I just say, I just want everybody to know, not only did I buy that album when it was new, I still have it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because that's the kind of DJ I am. Thank you. Good night. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I believe we are done here. We are. Thank you, boys. Thank you. We will. um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And make sure that you all listen to uh, Ill Communication by the Beastie Boys. And we will talk about it real soon. We'll see ya. Bye. 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 Bye.